Welcome to Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through cyberspace with conversations that are candid and are about human behaviour and technology. Brought to you by Kath Nibs. Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, this is a fast forward um, episode. It's an introduction that um, I recently did for the HeartMath interview that I did with Gavin, which is really talking about global coherence, heart coherence, self-coherence, how we can manage our own responses. And we actually dropped into the conversation a little bit of a reflection about COVID because it was just on the cusp of outbreak in terms of when we were recording the original podcast. Um, However, I think what Gavin and I talk about is really, really helpful for people to learn how to self-regulate. So as a result, This interview has superseded the one that will be going out with Matt, um, which you will will still hear. Um, It's just going to be delayed uh, for this one to come forward. So hopefully you will get lots of time to digest and listen to what Gavin and I talk about. I think it's really, really important. And given that we recorded it in the way that we did, um, I think there is a huge amount of global... um, panic I think it's an epidemic of panic and fear and there's lots of reasons for that um I actually did a blog on on why humans behave like this anyway but this is this is an episode where you can really really use the information that Gavin and I discuss he gives a a a discount um that you can use to actually purchase and get hold of this heart math software should you want to do that so that you can actually assist uh, your own nervous system regulation which is very very important in times of crisis and very very important in times of uh, health and where you want to go with this um, thank you for listening um, see you on the other side and yeah take care everybody be well Welcome to Cyber Synapse. This week, I'm joined by Gavin Andrews, who is the managing director, i.e. you run HeartMath UK and Ireland. And I'm pretty giddy to have this conversation with you today, Gavin, because I I use HeartMath software. So first of all, why don't we start with what is HeartMath? Who is HeartMath? What is biofeedback? Why do you do what you do? And let's see if we can fit that in in 50 minutes. Great. Okay. Well, yeah, Catherine, thank you very much. I'm delighted that you're giddy to have me on. That's that's a lovely <laughs> phrase. Yeah. Be giddy. Yeah. People don't use the word giddy enough. I'm going to bring that one back. That's... I live in my child ego state, so this is okay. yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Um, yes. Yeah, so thank you very much. Yeah, I'm. I, I run HeartMath in in UK and Ireland. So what is HeartMath? Well. Uh, I could describe it in any number of different ways, but essentially what it is, is a very simple system uh, that helps people to be the best version of themselves. Um, And we can view that through a lens of self-regulation, if you like. So it is really all about increasing your level of self-awareness, mentally, physically, emotionally, existentially even. So increasing your self-awareness and then through the self-awareness being able to to self-regulate in terms of emotions, thoughts, feelings, behaviours. Um, and so the way that we do it is is also very simple. So it's about um, conscious, self-regulated and, and balanced breathing. So we call it coherent breathing. Some other people call it resonant breathing or 0.1 hertz or just slow, deep breathing. Um, so there's a breathing element to it. There's an element to it which is about focus within the, the body, particularly around the heart area, hence the heart in the heart math. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's uh, this sort of aspect of uh, positive psychology, if you like. Um, and then the real difference about the system, I guess, is the, the technology, the biofeedback. So 
We've got yeah. a system that validates you getting yourself into this state called coherence and you can measure how coherent you are and you can practice and get better at it. So yeah, it's basically a system of, of tools and techniques mm -hmm. and, and technologies. Yep, and it's not woo-woo. So it's not woo-woo, there's real science behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of our research is, is leading edge. We could consider it to be more fringe, but we can, we can talk about that later if you like. But the stuff around heart rate variability, the stuff around coherence, that is absolutely not woo-woo research. Um, in fact, I, I don't know if you've probably seen some of this stuff in, the, in, the, in the, um, your PhD, but there's a lot of research coming out now around particularly coherent, resonant, 0.1 hertz breathing. Um, the benefits to yeah the autonomic nervous system, um, but also the fact that that's synchronising the rest of the system and particularly the heart brain connection research is is really yeah. coming through now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of my research is and, and practice actually is around um, heart brain gut, so it's yeah. it's all three. Yeah, um, and that word coherent also fits in with um, the the actual model that I use as a psychotherapist, which is interpersonal neurobiology. Mm -hmm. So quite often people go, I don't know what that means, Kath. Um, but it's a discipline of, uh, that's been brought together of all, all different ways of being in the world. So it includes science, maths, chemistry, physics. And as humans, we are uh, evolutionarily connected to all living things. Um, you know, we, we exist in a world where we have um, magnetic and electrical and biological processes going on all of the time. Yep. So there, there is this thing about... Um, what I'm thinking here is this word coherent I use in terms of coherent narrative, um, coherent brain. I think I might have said actually on one of my previous podcasts to somebody, I said, oh, and there you are. I've just seen you go coherent. So it's, it's something I can actually visualize with people now as well, because the body seems to sit in a very different position yeah. when people are coherent. It's much, much more relaxed. And, yeah. you know, so... How do how do we want to do this then, Gavin? Do we want to go into a little bit of the um, little bit of this? I'm just thinking, not so much the science, mm -hmm. but what it is that we're talking here, because all of my work tends to be underpinned by the polyvagal theory. So we are talking heart rate variability yep. here. Yeah. Um, so if we can give people um, really a clarified, coherent, easy to understand <laughs> description, maybe. Okay. Well, okay, let's start with the most easy way then is we could just think about coherence as balance. So, and, and it is actually balance within the autonomic nervous system. So the connection here to polyvagal theory is that when you get coherent, generally you are bringing in more vagal tone or parasympathetic because the reason most people are getting coherent is because they're, they're you know they're stressed they've got too much sympathetic activity going mm -hmm. on so yeah. it's 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 about bringing the autonomic nervous system into balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic um and what i guess is maybe a, a difference between the state of coherence and other states that you might get yourself into with other techniques and practices is that it isn't about parasympathetic dominance yeah there's this state of balance or synchronization in the autonomic nervous system that's very distinct from being either predominantly sympathetic or predominantly parasympathetic. Yeah. Now, what that means then is that coherence is a, is a state that, yeah, it's not only creating balance, and that's also facilitating homeostasis and repair and all that type of thing, um, but it's also a state that is more of a doing state. So it's a state that you can be in throughout the day. You don't need to go and sit somewhere quietly and, you know, do a meditation and go into really deep parasympathetic because actually relaxation is not an appropriate state for much of what we're doing throughout the day. Yeah. 
you know, relaxation yeah. is not an appropriate state for me to not deep parasympathetic is not an appropriate state for me to be in right now as I'm talking to you, but a state of balance and flexibility mm -hmm. between sympathetic funny to speed things up a little bit and get all excited. It could be a bit more sympathetic. Yeah. Or if we wanted to calm it down and I shut up for a few minutes, then I could go into parasympathetic. But generally speaking, we want to be in this state where we're flowing nicely between the two and it just gives me that nice flexibility. And we know that when we're in this state of, of coherence that primarily being driven by the autonomic nervous system and the heart that the brain then follows as well so what's also happening is you're getting yeah. the prefrontal cortex coming online so we can think a lot more logically rationally you know objectively empathetically yeah. creatively blah 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 um, so in simple terms it's balance and it's emotional physical mental balance yeah, I, I have noticed there's a lot of um, there's a lot of narrative around these these dominance. Um, so, as as Stephen Porges's work has become uh, more uh, affluent, people are using it in everyday language. I'm noticing that people will talk about, oh well, I'm I'm dorsal ventrovagal and I'm 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 sympathetically charged, or I'm, and and I found it really interesting that now people are starting to use his his terminology in uh, in lay people's talk. So some people are moving away from the fight or flight conversation and they go, Oh, well, it, it, I'm, I'm sympathetically dominant. Mm. And, and yet what I do find really interesting is people can't then describe what that feels like. Yeah. So in, in terms of sitting in therapy, I will say to people, okay, what does it feel like in your body? What does it feel like to be balanced rather than to say, you know, what's homeostasis feel like for you? Because yeah. that's just, it's, it's a concept that's a little bit um, <laughs> ethereal and, and people can't get their head around it. Yeah. But we can understand what it feels like to be balanced. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're right. There is, uh, there's too much talk or too much jargon. What we're really talking about here is an experience, um, you know, and, that, and, that, and that's driving our quality of life. And so, yeah, what, it, what does it feel like? It feels like being balanced. It feels like some clarity. It feels like not being under threat. It feels like being interested in what you're saying. It feels good, basically. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't feel sleepy-headed or anything like that, like too much relaxation might be. It is, to use you know, a, a, another overused word, but it's presence. in, in uh, Real uh, presence in yeah. mindfulness speak, it is presence. Yes. Yeah. And actually, that's where I was just going to come in with the interpersonal neurobiology. So um, Dan Siegel is the, is like the, the grandfather, if you like, of mm. um, PNB. And he talks about being present. And I think he's just brought a book out, actually, about being present with your children. Mm. And again, it's one of those uh, vague hypothetical concepts that you've got to sit with somebody and say, OK, so what does this feel like? And this is this is where I'm seeing lots and lots of the the vagus nerve conversation. So people keep talking to me about vagal tone and I say, what does that mean for yeah. you? This is an N equals one subjective. What does that sound, you know, I'm going to talk like a, a researcher now. It's a phenomenological experience. So mm. what is that like for you in this moment with me? Yeah. 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 And this, this particular software helps, um, so, so I use it a lot with uh, children. Funnily enough, the adults tend to use it more for optimal performance. And, and I've noticed it tends to be um, people who are front, front and centre, if you like, so managing directors, that they, they seem to want to use this software. Um, but children are really keen to use it. So we're, we're going to kind of just have a think um, and, and get into this biofeedback. So without making it biological, 
you know, what, how would you describe what HeartMath is in terms of biofeedback? So, okay, let's keep it simple again. So what this technology is doing is, well, it isn't doing anything to you. That's the starting point. So we're not talking about stimulating vagus nerves, zapping them or anything like that. Okay. This is, this is, this is um, completely passive and it's giving you some information about what's going on in your autonomic nervous system and the, and the measure that it's using is, is heart rate variability but that's heart rhythms so what you're seeing on the screen is the heart rhythm um, and the nature of the rhythm and that is a reflection of what's going on between the sympathetic and parasympathetic branches mm -hmm. and so through using the practicing the techniques doing the breathing kind of adjusting your breathing or recalling certain emotions and feelings um, you see objectively on the screen what happens so it's validating if you like your experience yeah. so the idea is you're using the technology to have your experience to, to 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 play around and adjust like i said the breathing the feelings or whatever or even posture things like that and then the device will show you the extent to which that is getting you more or less coherent mm -hmm. um, and you'll see it well the data is provided a number of different ways but the easiest the most obvious bit to look at is is the waveform and when you get coherent what happens is your waveform goes into this lovely smooth rolling sinusoidal patterns these repeating yeah. Yeah. patterns yeah which is actually the cardiorespiratory systems going into into a resonance going into a oscillations or pattern mm -hmm. and that repeating pattern then basically shows that the sync the sympathetic and the parasympathetic are synchronizing with each other they're putting you in this unique state uh and and then yeah like i said you can play around with that and increase or decrease based upon what you're doing um and so with practice then what that begins to build is, is some interoception so you begin to notice ah. Oh, Okay, not only when I shift my breathing do I find that that optimizes the waveform, but also when I latch onto that feeling, or it might be, you know, gratitude for a person or a place or something like that, or some appreciation for, you know, as I sit here and I look outside the lights on the, the trees and the flowers and things. So I could just have appreciation. I can notice, well, that really works for me well. Or I could recall, you know, a holiday or a beach or a, you know, Christmas with the family or whatever. So you just learn to play around with intentionally putting yourself in positive emotional states by using things that you've experienced in the past or something that's happening right now like the beautiful sun or even you know aspirational stuff like wow i do you know I, I, what, what what might it be like for me to go on that dream holiday i want to go to on the on, in the maldives and sit on that maldivian beach that i've seen a photo of a million times you know you can just play around with these different techniques and then the device is validating for you I'm in that space, which then enables you to recognize what does that feel like in my body? Where do I notice it? Where have I got the relaxation or the, the warmth or the, you know, or the thoughts that pop up or it's, it's an, it is a unique experience. It is an N plus one. It's a unique experience for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's very much. So I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the psychotherapy and psychology literature is this is, it's a very, and I'm going to just give you a reflection of what happens to my clients when I'm sitting with them and they get into that state. So it's a very warm, fuzzy, smiley yeah. place to be. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I've noticed is it's as a, as a therapist sitting in a room with somebody when they manage by themselves, because this is the thing is, is I might be coaching and I might be giving them a few, you know, tips and pointers saying, okay, maybe think of this, maybe do this. Um, 
what's really interesting is particularly the children is they want to um so the feedback system gives you a really clarified way of understanding where you are because it's either red blue or green isn't it Mm -hmm. and children will say how do i get green so it's very easy for them to kind of listen to the pointers and the moment they move into that green coherent state and maintain it because it isn't just about hit the green it's it's staying in the green for more than a couple of um pings on on we'll get into the uh, games and so on in a minute yeah but it's when they get there there's a change in their body posture there's a change in the energy in the room and i know this is definitely going to sound a little bit woo-woo now there's there's a big difference between where i'm able to talk with them about what's happened how they're feeling where they currently are in terms of their their own process it all changes in that instant and that that green zone if you like is such a delightful place to be it's really really comforting and you know bearing in mind I work with uh, trauma victims and and, you know many many children it's a really lovely place to be so not giddy it's definitely a much more calmer beautiful human to human connection and and one of the things I like about the logo with heart math is it's a plus and then Mm. the heart yeah yeah Yeah. it's, it's just it's and it's not just i'll take that i'll take that word out um it's it's a beautiful moment to behold and i think as human beings we need a bit more of that we spend so much yeah. time running around stressed um i mean at, the, at this point in time we're recording during the uh, coronavirus outbreak yeah. so there's a whole heap of dysregulation and panic happening within the world at the minute yep and i'm i'm wondering and we will get onto the Global Coherence Project in a moment, how, how that's happening across the world in terms of what's going on with the, the energy levels. Yeah, well, for sure, you know, lots of people are worrying and worrying is a form of stress and worrying takes you out of balance. Mm-hmm. Worrying, to use some of the language that, that we use, you know, depletes you. And if the longer you worry, the more you get depleted. The more yep. depleted you are, you know, your body can't, it struggles to do homeostasis, you know, and it struggles to, to keep you fit and healthy. You worry for long enough, it begins to negatively impact your immune system. So actually one of the most ridiculous things I think when I look at what's going on with the, the coronavirus situation is the panic that people are experiencing, you know, and some people are more, more panicked and hysterical than others, but a lot of people are worried. Actually, that's a weakening all of our immune systems. It's completely yeah. unnecessary and unhelpful for us to worry. We should be vigilant. We should wash our hands and all of that, not sneeze in each other's faces, but actually worrying about this and what the implications are is doing none of us any good. And what would be better is if we could regulate ourselves a bit more frequently, bring ourselves back into balance more frequently help our bodies, you know, do homeostasis and repair themselves and boost our immune systems. And that, as well as washing our hands, would be much more helpful than panicking and buying 500 rolls of toilet paper. Yes, which, you know, by the time this goes out, I'm wondering if there's going to be a world shortage of um, toilet paper because it'll pro- <laughs> it's going to be at least, it's going to be quite a few weeks after we record this when it goes out. So it'll be interesting to see what's actually happened between us what recording will. it now and where we are. Yeah, but that's how people's <laughs> brains work, isn't it? When they get stressed, they make strange decisions like I better buy a lot of toilet paper instead of I'd better try and find a way to manage the unnecessary stress and drain I'm putting myself under by catastrophizing this situation absolutely and you know 
as as a functional health coach uh one of the things so the previous podcast to this um let me just think what order have i done them in so there will have been the functional health uh, functional medicine gp that, that went out so there's there's quite a number of episodes mm. previous to this that talk about how we can look after our health all the way down to the mitochondria you know this is how this is how we look after our epigenetic snips and what i'm currently witnessing is that immune system deficiency which is being brought on by a state of anxiety which then has an impact on how you regulate yourself and i keep Mm. um i I will say to my clients your your nervous system is very much like a seesaw (laughs) it's supposed to be smooth and, and this goes to that synodal um oscillation doesn't it yeah it's supposed to go up and down in a smooth and here comes the language coherent regulated way and if we're worried we tend to be like the weighty person on one end of the seesaw and the you know the smaller weighty less weighty person on the other or we have that um like staccato jumpy movement where it doesn't move smoothly and that causes the dysregulation and then you know the the proliferation of people who are going to end up with um epigenetic issues because one of the things i'm seeing is loads of advice about drinking water and for people who have particular issues maybe with their kidneys or their liver this is not going to be healthy for them Mm. and then just to make a complete speculation here and if they're drinking tap water which contains loads and loads of toxins there's going to be later life issues as well so you know we've we've gone into a bit of a a bit of a panic place Mm. and you know I, I'm thinking, so I'm, I'm going to be really lucky. The one thing I'm going to be doing is using uh, HeartMath with all of my clients over the next few weeks and months and saying, okay, this is how we can use this technology to help our inner technology. Yeah. Great. Well, actually, while we're on the subject, then it's another nice little technique one of our coaches came up with the other day um you know the whole thing about washing the hands for 20 seconds to repetition mm-hmm. or happy birthday or whatever it is. So coherent breath is basically 10 seconds five seconds in five seconds out is optimal for most people not everyone we're all slightly different but for most people five seconds in five seconds out begins to create the coherence so two coherent breaths 20 seconds whilst you're washing your hands is going to do you more benefit because you're going to be you know rebalancing yourself but if you could also manage while you're washing your hands to do a little bit of gratitude or appreciation you even have the potential then to to do something to the the hormone side of things as well so you may even begin to get a little bit of dhea or if you really connect it into that i'm so grateful for my you know my family my friends or whatever you might even begin to get a little bit of um of oxytocin if you were really lucky but certainly the more, you know, if we're supposed to be washing our hands regularly every day, if you do some coherent breaths, what you're also going to do is stop the cortisol production and the adrenaline that's going on when you worry about stuff all of the time and just yeah. bring yourself back into balance where the body can do a much better job of looking after itself. Um, you don't need any technology to do that. You just need to be able to breathe. Um, yes. What, what I've been doing is um, using, using the fact that I get to wash my... So I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that water comes out of the tap. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that I actually own soap at the minute, you know, and, that, and it's bar soap. I don't, I don't buy into all of these antibacterial rubbish things. <laughs> and, and there's something about, and I'm really glad I get to do the job that I do. And I'm really glad so that there is this whole heap of gratitude and appreciation and taking that moment. It's, it's, I mean, this is what I say to my clients is how often do you do, um, and I keep bringing him up. Um, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to get and talk to him at some point. Rick Hansen. So mm. he's a neuroscientist, Buddhist yeah. um, uh, practitioner, and he talks about the just one thing method. And this is what I do when I'm washing my hands. 
I'm, I'm really grateful to be able to wash my hands. I'm, I'm really grateful I've got two hands. I'm really grateful. And, and lots of people don't even stop to do that. They, they don't spend that time in the positive psychology realm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's an important part of what the HeartMath system is, aside from the, the technology, is just having that recognition that you can choose to feel something different. You know, emotions are reactions, but they're also choices. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, people don't operationalize their ability to choose. So they're just reacting all of the time to what's going on, doom and gloom, but they don't recognize that equally. You can look outside and go, wow that's beautiful like there was a lovely flowers or thank goodness you know I've got enough toilet roll to keep me going for a couple of days or whatever your your gratitude might be but as we know you know that's that is having a, a, a in real time a physiological effect it's impacting your autonomic nervous system it's impacting your hormonal system it's impacting the activity going on in your brain and so the more that we intentionally recognize when we're out of balance and put ourselves back in balance again, that can, that can only benefit us in our physiology and also just our experience of life. Yeah. I think what I might do actually is put into the show notes, um, Martin Seligman and Barbara Fredrickson's kind of positive psychology Mm. thinking, because that, that underpins a lot of this, a lot of this approach. I'll also put Rick Hansen's um, books and so on in. Um, Because it's it is something very small and simple, and, and if you think about um, positive psychology, one of the reasons it exists is because we realise that people who are grateful, they do think in this particular way, often have less health issues. They have uh, uh, longevity that's far superior, and this is that what we call the blue zones, isn't it? Is this yeah. is they they have um, I nearly said longer longevity then long longevity. Uh, compared to other people and we know that that has an effect on the telomeres it has an effect on how dna replicates itself i'm going to start going into the bruce lipton stuff in a minute so i'm just going to rein myself back Mm. in terms of um going off on a slight tangent because this software is so easy for you to use that you can do it on your iphone so i'm just going to talk very quickly here about um so I, i happen to have a few a few of the products you can actually have it on your iphone sit yeah. down in the morning with your cup of coffee and do five minutes do 10 minutes until it becomes a tool that you can basically you know proprioception mm. neuroceptively learn to do for yourself yeah yeah that's that's really how the technology is designed to work is to help you to a validate that you can do it and that you can get better at it but also for many people it helps build a habit so look the technology is not an essential part of the system you know plenty of people practice heart math techniques without having the technology but lots of people as we know do like technology and, and a lot of people unfortunately don't often believe in things like the power of breath and the power of positive emotions if there's not something that's validating it for them you know and they will believe it if it's on their phone so the the inner balance is is the is the device that's designed to work on the phone you get a there's a sensor like a bluetooth thing that pops on your ear and pops on your clothes there's another one that plugs in actually oh, oh, um, you've got a wired one yeah I did. No, one. yes, because I got my I got mine ages ago. But mine mine is the slightly longer version. But mine yeah. is that goes into the new iPhone and and rather than the Bluetooth because we yeah. <laughs> so for people that don't like the Bluetooth, then the version you've got is is the one to go for. That that only works for Apple devices though. But the Bluetooth yeah. one, this is very very low bluetooth emission actually but of course the phone isn't so if, you, if you're not into bluetooth don't use this one um but yeah this uh so the the idea with this is that you you practice the techniques like you said it could be you know five minutes we say generally five minutes three times a day my personal belief and experience is that actually a 20 minute 
session in one go is 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 optimal so 20 minutes a day mm-hmm. um and so for me with my practice I, I do i do i like to do 21 minutes every single day as my dedicated practice and i like to track mm-hmm. my performance and how i'm doing and i like to note if if you know one day i'm doing better than my average or another day i'm doing lower than my average so that can help me make lifestyle decisions around things you know if particularly if i'm low for a day or two there's a reason for it Physiology's out of balance why what's going on you know have i got a bug have i had not enough sleep yeah. am i worrying about something so again it can help with those lifestyle decisions around okay gavin maybe go to bed earlier lay off the booze for a couple of days eat some more green stuff whatever it might be but the idea is that it helps you um you know build the habit yes it helps you measure if you're into the data and stuff like that but it also enables you to make like other lifestyle decisions based on the data that you're seeing and then of course the idea is that as you go throughout your day you're not grabbing the technology every time that you feel stressed or anxious or worried or whatever but you know that you can get yourself into a coherent state with your practice and so as you sit in the meeting at work or whatever and your boss starts being patronizing again you can self-regulate and you can know okay i'm i'm balancing myself here and i'm putting myself in the right place to say or do something more helpful and appropriate than you might do if you were stressed (laughs) yeah well this this is exactly what i've been doing with the children in therapy so um uh, i recently wrote an article for um one of my membership bodies and and i talked about gaming and technology and therapy because i've been using this oh bennett i think it must be about eight nine years well, our conversations go back a fair way. So, yeah, I mean, the right. technology's been around since 99, actually. Yes, I'm, I'm thinking it must... I, I must have spoken to you in 2010 or 2011, so it's it's yeah. probably... Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I've got is I've got the other versions. So I've got the M-Wave, I've yep. got a portable M-Wave, but I also have um, uh, the game, which, you know, some children uh, do want to play. So the one that I've got currently because i keep breaking laptops which is not very good um the one that i've got at the moment is the jet ski yeah the tropical heat game the tropical heat Mm. and i use that because children um really quickly learn to stay out of the stressful state so one of the things the program does is is it says you know you're getting stressed Mm. and when you're getting stressed um what it does do is it makes the waves more choppy it begins to rain they can't collect the the they can't do their tricks they can't collect the rings yeah and then what happens is they very quickly gamify to use another term they gamify themselves to go ah i've got to do the opposite yeah exactly learning to you know breathe in breathe in through the heart change the way that they're considering the game and their ability And that's usually when I can move in and start talking about, so this is what happens when you're in school. This is what happens when, I don't know, you're at home and maybe there's a, I don't know, mummy and daddy are rowing. Or maybe this is when you're with your brother and he's beating you up because that's what siblings do. And, you know, these are the things you can do to take charge of your own biology and your own feelings and your own emotions. Yeah, yeah, and the, the games are great because they make it more interesting for the kids than just looking at data and waveforms and things. But you're right. I mean, most most games, um, well, they, they they basically stress you, well, dump you full mm-hmm. of adrenaline, and if you're doing well, then you feel good, but you're still full of adrenaline and you're hyper. Or if you you know you you don't achieve what you want to achieve, then you're full of adrenaline and a load of cortisol as well, and you get angry and moody, and you know, and and, and it's just not helpful. Whereas with these games. You, you cannot perform if you get hyper, if you get 
too 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 giddy or if you certainly if you get stressed you're not going to perform you have to keep yourself in that balanced state in order to yeah optimize the power for the jet ski so that you can zoom around the lovely desert islands or keep yeah. the waves nice and, and calm so it's a different way of um of going about the computer game process and and actually yeah if you think about what a lot of kids are doing to themselves when they're playing these games for long periods of time they are taking themselves out of balance and they're stressing their system they're creating uh, you know allostasis the bodies are having to work harder to bring them back to balance um and you know if it can affect the behavior as well well i mean this is this is something that i'm definitely interested in is is allostatic load flow and um dysregulation so i'm i'm kind of interested in all three of those areas um and it's it's really interesting in terms of at the moment what i have children doing is tracking their sleep so i'm just going to go back to that that sleep conversation that you had so i have children track their sleep i mean i'm i'm lucky i've got an aura ring and I know that not every child could go and get themselves an aura ring because that tracks my heart rate variability overnight. Yep. And one of the one of the conversations I tend to have with people is whilst the aura ring is great at measuring my heart rate variability, what it's not great at, at detecting is actually how I'm feeling emotionally. Yeah. And no it's it's almost like no technology does that at the minute. So quite often I will sit with a child and say, Okay, you can actually change how you feel by your breathing. And I get that kind of crossed arms. Yeah, what are you on about, Catherine? So, right, okay, you can't argue with science. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Right. Let's plug this in. Let's see what happens when we go through the motions of, you know, think about a lovely holiday that you had. Think about coming first in a race, getting man of the match, whatever it is that I need to yeah. do. And then there's this, this physical data in front of the child, which confirms for them, ah, oh, I'm coherent. I did yeah. that. Yeah. And it's really empowering. And then what that, that enables me to do is then say, but here's the thing. It couldn't detect what you were thinking. It couldn't yeah. detect what was going on in your heart in terms of the actual emotion that you had. So that's the bit you need to learn. That's mm. the bit you need to get in sync with is whilst you can change your physiology, when, well, I don't know, with technology at the minute and we are uploading to the cloud, we're probably not far off being able to track it. But that's the bit that's, you know, very, very subjective to a person isn't it is yeah it's utterly yeah. unique yeah. i mean my 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 experience of joy is not your experience of joy we use the mm. same word and we both think we're talking about the same thing but we're not because my definition of joy is based upon my history of joyful experiences which are not the same as your history of joyful experiences so it is an utterly unique thing and that is a desired outcome of, of the system is that people begin to build an awareness around their feelings. They can more accurately identify mm -hmm. what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, you know, also somatically, not just in terms of like naming the feeling, but noticing what that's like going on in the body. Yeah. And also then beginning to notice, wow, when I, when I feel that way, I tend to behave this way. And when I feel good, I tend to behave in this way and that tends to work out much better with the people I come into contact with or okay. even the way that my brain might work when I'm yeah. trying to do my homework. Wow, I suddenly find that I can be more creative or get this done more quickly or, you know, as opposed to when I'm sitting there going, I hate doing my homework and having a, a strop and an argument with your parents, as my um, son does. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the pfft, I think if you were to type it out, yeah. that, that kind That's of... It. That that feeling for a lot of children is the is the one that precedes, uh, you know, them being in a place where they then can't work. So, you know, one of the other things I'm very much into is is flow and, you know, being in that being in that state where you are coherent, 
you know that's, um, that is what coherence is i mean flow you know is a word that we've used for, for decades now and the zone as well you know these are these are words to describe an experience they are the same thing as coherence coherence is just the, the scientific name mm-hmm. what's interesting about the flow state of course is that when you're coherent you have this flowing waveform it is flow within the yeah. physiology flowing back and forth between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic in a lovely ordered mm-hmm. way so yeah it's synonymous same thing yeah. so not only can we use it for um and i'm just thinking we've, t- we've kind of focused a little bit on the the trauma the way that i've used it in psychotherapy but actually this gets used by lots of heart math coaches up and down the country yep. to help people learn how to perform better let's call it that perform yeah, op- yeah optimization of yeah. your of your working day yeah um athletes they use it absolutely yeah yeah so we've got um well we've got uh people in arsenal football club who use um heart math techniques and technologies mm-hmm. um southampton football club as well um english institute northern irish institute of sports so they're using it with selected athletes and olympians who you know they think might benefit from this english and Welsh cricket board uh british canoeing have got a history of using yep. heart math you know so you're right. If we think, if we again bring it back down to simple terms, coherence is an optimal state, and it's an optimal state for being and doing. And so, if you need to perform in your role, whether that be perform cognitively, creatively, or in terms of an analysing or whatever, it's going to benefit you because the cortex is more online. Mm-hmm. And or if you need to perform physically as well in your sport, then it can enable you to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, an example might be, you know, a footballer needing to take a penalty. If the footballer approaches a penalty thinking more along the lines of, I always miss these penalties or that goal is always saved or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, the negative script, they're less likely to score. Whereas if they can just do a quick bit of breathing, get, get themselves coherent, then they can be much more strategic about what they do. Interestingly, things like um, reaction time seem to improve when you're coherent as well. So physically, the body's working better. It will do more accurately what you want it to do. So you're quite right. I mean, coherence has been, it's, it, the way I think of it is this is just kind of like a fundamental, foundational state that can benefit you in whatever you're doing, whether that be you're trying to overcome trauma all the way through to you're trying to be the best batsman in your cricket team. It doesn't matter. Um, It's the foundational state. And what's lovely about it is you can then layer other tools, techniques, approaches on top of that, whether that be sports coaching or whether that be CBT or EMDR or anything else, you know, those, those other things laid on top of the coherent foundation or elevate, elevate the effect, effectiveness even further. Yes. Uh, yes. And absolutely. One of my favorite things to do is when people are using the software is then go, okay, so you've been in the green area for a while and then you stress them just by making a noise on the desk or, yeah. and it's, it's really um, very potent, isn't it? That people see yeah. just how quickly you can be out of coherence. Yeah, literally, you know, the thought changes and, and it affects the physiology instantly. So again, that's part of that process of once people understand that, they've got the self-awareness. So then if the, with the, through the self-awareness, they then notice more quickly when they're out of balance, they're getting stressed or anxious, or even if they don't notice the feeling, but they get their information maybe more physically in terms of, I notice the tension in the shoulders. Or for me, my weird one is that it's actually the back of my right leg. When I begin to get a bit anxious, I feel tension in the back of my right leg. Well, that is a lovely little cue for me because I can then recognize my life's not in danger. This is not going to help me, this weird reaction that I have. Mm-hmm. What I can control here initially is the breath. I, you know, a few coherent breaths. 
and then I can begin to then self-regulate the emotions and feel the appreciation or gratitude or whatever yeah I mean quite often for me personally there is something about um so I use transactional analysis here to explain this Mm. if I notice I'm on the triangle the drama triangle the moment I recognize my position on the triangle um and one of my friends actually laughed at me at the weekend because I walked into the kitchen and was muttering get off the triangle get off the triangle and whilst I'm muttering that I'm then kind of breathing in through my nose and I, I know that that's the way to almost auto-regulate yeah. so that I can then move out of that position because I was being provoked or, you know, um, an emotion was being elicited by something somebody had said. And it was quite funny that I did this. Um, it's clearly a habit mm. to talk to myself in that way and to walk yeah. off. Um, and, uh, you know, my friend was kind of looking at me going, Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just, yeah, almost like, yeah, I've got it. I'm back in, I'm back in the game now. I know what... <laughs> But it, it happens in such a, you know, for human beings, that is that is life, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, you get a piece of news and you're out of coherence. Yeah, you answer the phone or you open an email. It's It, it can be rapid, but it's about yeah. having those tools to then recalibrate. Yes, exactly. It's fine, you know, we're not going to change the world, but we can change our reactions to it. And it is just about practicing and creating a new habit around it. And so therefore it's, it's learnable for, for everyone. The technology can help you do that if you're really into the tech and it can provide the measures and that, that so that's great especially for those people who perhaps can be a bit suspicious of these things you know mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know to, i can generalize because i'm you know i'm a late 40s male but i can say you know generally a, a lot of men particularly high need for achievement men are suspicious of anything to do with breathing and going to their happy place but if the technology says this works then they're really into it and they and they want to keep doing it so you know by any means necessary and the nice thing with the tech is it it can include more people in these in understanding this stuff and actually then doing this stuff well, that, that actually, that, is, uh, that was the cohort that I was talking about earlier. It has been the high-achieving males who, oh, that's the one that went out last time, was uh, male mental health and, and kind of the script of masculinity, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But this idea of um, stepping back, focusing in on yourself and mm-hmm. what's going on internally, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't do that as a society anyway because we, we almost reward busyness, stressed and it's it's interesting people's language. You know, how are you doing this week? Oh, you wouldn't believe how stressed I am. But I'm, and I think, wow, why start a sentence with how stressed you are? Yeah, it's like a badge of honour, isn't it? And if, um, and if and if someone else goes, no, I'm I'm doing good. I'm in a yeah, really good place. Things are fine. I'm feeling balanced. It's like, is there something I, wrong with you? You're not trying hard enough. Come on, you need, yeah. surely you need to get a bit more stressed here. Yeah, well, that, that is something I find particularly on emails, you know, and, and, and in terms of transaction analysis, we talk about past timing and, and kind of the scripty ways we we use our time. Mm. This small talk of how are you, um, when you say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, really, I'm doing okay, I'm, I'm really well, people then don't actually know what to say to follow it up because we're used to this, oh, I'm fine, well, actually, I'm not so good, or it, it, it's almost like the narrative does need to change. Yeah. Um, and as, as you were talking earlier, I thought, well, we've, we've still got two things to go through, but I keep, I keep my brain keeps going back, not my brain, my mind keeps going back to, this is what I've noticed with the, uh, Joe Dispenza. Um, uh, yeah. Joe's a massive heart math fan. We're very lucky. He talks about heart math all the time. 
Um, yes, and Greg Braden. And yeah, Greg does, uh, Bruce does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is Dave account. Asprey as well for the biohacking gang. He's he's yeah. he's a big HeartMath fan. We're very lucky to have people like that talking about us, and they get nothing for it. So we're extremely lucky to even pay them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you know what was what was really exciting for me? And I thought this is where we might tangent into that mm. was um, sitting and listening to Rollins talk when he was at the Breath of Life conference, and 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 I was sat listening to him. Yeah, Roland McCrate, our, our head of research. Yeah. yeah, that that day was amazing for me because I'm an engineer by trade, um, researcher. There was a lot of woo-woo stuff going into the, you know, look at the global coherence. This is what we're looking at. It fitted in with all of the manifestation, the visualization, the the emotions, the interpersonal neurobiology, and the entire day. And what I did find really curious was the number of practitioners that were around me that weren't quite getting it. Yeah. They were saying, yeah, but it's really sciencey. And I was like, but it isn't. This is yeah. the thing is, actually, what, what Rollin was particularly doing was talking about that. Um, so our electromagnetic resonance that, yep. that, that leaves our body mm -hmm. and actually how far afield that goes. And at the moment, the technology only measures it so far. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends is using uh, what they call pulsed electrical magnetic frequency. So yep, PEMFs, yep. And, and this is this is something we're tapping into. This is mm -hmm. really what it is to be a human being living on this planet that has its own resonance frequency. Mm -hmm. And so do we. Yeah. Well, this stuff's, this stuff's not woo-woo at all. I mean, yeah. okay, so the, the fact of the matter is, as you say, we all emit an electromagnetic field. That is factual. No one's going to argue with that. No matter how much of a materialist or reductionist they are, we all emit an electromagnetic field and it can be measured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where we then uh, move more into kind of like the theory side of things or belief side that we research around is that those fields might interact well they do interact with each other because if you sat next to someone your fields literally are overlapping but what we're talking about is can they actually in affect each other now there's actually a really decent sized body of research around synchronization between people um and you know whether that be breathing rate or in our case heart rate variability or brain mm -hmm. waves or whatever this mm -hmm. stuff is real um, so that's that's not woo woo at all. Um, there's been papers even in publications like Scientific Reports about how people co-sleepers, so romantic couples yeah. who sleep together, their heart rhythms synchronize phases for large periods of time. We mm -hmm. don't understand the mechanism, but we do know that that happens and it's bi-directional. It's not like one person's leading the other. So people are synchronizing, that's real. Our theory is that we, we can therefore if we're coherent then we stand a good chance of being able to impact someone else and getting get them to get more coherent because in effect what they're picking up from us is you know there's no threat here there's balance there's all this there's stability there's alignment between what they're picking up from me and what i'm saying and how i'm looking at them and all of that so there's a, there's a non-verbal stuff going on as well mm -hmm. but through managing our own state we're then positively impacting other people's state now, when you think about the fact that at the moment, lots of people are running around and everyone's stressed and, and whipping each other up in terms of, oh my goodness, there's been another case. You know, I live in Surrey. It's like, oh, there's been four cases in Surrey. Isn't it terrible? I think one's in Epsom, which is only five minutes up the road. But, you know, everyone's whipping themselves up. Whereas if we recognize what I can do is I can regulate myself and that might then have a positive impact on other people. Mm -hmm. Well, it will have a positive impact on other people. That That's pretty cool. Now, what we also know and where we do research is that because we are electromagnetic beings, all life is, um, 
we are impacted by other certainly very strong electromagnetic geomagnetic fields so the earth has its own pulse one of a better word geomagnetic activity and of course there's all sorts of solar activity and space weather and cosmic rays and all that type of stuff and again this is not woo-woo research it's been done by nasa and the russian space federation for years and and we've been engaging in it over the last five years or so we know that the earth's geomagnetic field impacts humans geomagnetic field that we all not we all actually the majority of people synchronized to the earth's geomagnetic activity which is paper that Hartmouth had published in scientific reports which is nature publishing so they don't accept woo woo Um, (laughs) and uh, and so so we are being impacted we know that there's increased incidence of things like heart attacks and and social problems when there's chaotic space weather for example so that's an area of 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 our research that um, is the stuff that sits more on the fringe that if Hartmouth ever criticizes when you know that's the type of reason but it's not so woo woo there's a ton of other people out there doing this stuff now Mm -hmm. um and then what we have is a is a hypothesis which is which is what we're testing which is that if more people are able to access a state of coherence then basically we are all a, we're in a state where we're more likely to interact with each other pro-socially and we're more likely to care for each other and try and understand each other. It's, you know, it's a peaceful mm-hmm. state, mm-hmm. basically. So that's yeah. going to happen. But also that if enough of us are doing that, then energetically there might be an impact that it might create a kind of greater standing wave. So the interesting thing about coherence is if you get coherent and I get coherent and a few other people in the room get coherent, the coherent signals combine that's physics and the strength of the signal yeah. is, yeah. is greater than the sum of the parts so we've got these like coherent systems that all of a sudden go whoop and create a, a, a coherent yeah. waveform field so our belief is that if enough people do that then that might create some social change and then if societies do it then you could potentially even create global change yep and that fits in interestingly with some of the you know the research from the 70s and 80s around transcendental meditation and changes in crime rates and stuff like that you know yeah that was that was what i was going to say is there's there's a lot of research on mass meditation which sounds really weird doesn't it mass Mass meditation but big group big group meditations that what what intention yeah yeah that is it's absolutely it's and i'm loving this podcast because the number of words that have come into it that i'm like oh that's my talk it's, it's my talk. yeah it well, that's what coherence does when two people get coherent you see they resonate and they start talking the same language yeah it's intention it yeah. is about intention and it's heart to heart connection and and when when i go out teaching therapists so not so long ago i was i was doing some teaching and I was teaching about using technology in uh, therapy and what we need to do as therapists. And, and it was so interesting. I said, what do we do primarily as therapists? And I got some really kind of big answers about, well, we create a safe space. We do that. And I said, no, we don't. The first thing we do is we connect with our client heart to heart. We allow them to, to be given that space by connecting mm-hmm. with them heart to heart. Oh, well, and, that, and that's not that's not just a metaphor. I mean, no, that's real. No. So there's research that shows, uh, in terms of the way that a client perceives their therapist, there is a correlation between those clients that perceive their therapist favourably and the synchronisation of heart rhythms yeah. and brain waves well, and Steve, breathing rate. You know, there is literally there's a heart connection 
literally as well as metaphorically and there's in fact the two systems of the human being are are, are combining much more they're synchronizing yeah. so that's that's true well steve stephen Paul, it's one of my favorite pieces of research actually stephen porges talked about us as the cell the the regulator in the room and he talked about um therapists who and I want to go switched on and aware. Okay, so I'm using, I'm going to use a term from Louis Cosolino now. Those of us that shuttle up and shuttle down, i.e. we move into the cognitive space and we watch what's happening, but we also shuttle back down into our feelings and notice what's happening, that when we can spot um, our clients, so I might notice that a client is beginning to talk just that little bit faster and then they start to talk about something else. Now, I'm a fast talker anyway, but what I will do is I will go, aha, uh-huh, they're beginning to dysregulate. So mm. what I do is I then take slower, deeper, more meaningful breaths and I watch. And what will happen is the client is then almost without their knowledge, yeah. synchronized back into a slower, calmer way of being Yeah. because I have to pay attention to the fact that I might have to be the co-regulator yeah. until they can self-regulate. Yep. And it's, it's not that I'm, manipulating or controlling what's happening well you are but from certainly a positive place so you know let's not give manipulation a bad bad rap it's uh, a yeah it's definitely an active choice that i make in terms of that's what i would do with a baby if a baby was dysregulated i would pick the baby up and i would use my my way of being to then regulate that child so they get that feeling of safety their Mm -hmm. nervous system then isn't on high alert there's something about safety is something we feel first and acknowledge later. So it's, yeah. it's give them the body experience, give the atten- intent yeah. and then manage the, the talking. Cause yeah. the talking is that for me, it's the least important part of the therapy process. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's all, it's all about the feeling. It's all about the experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, is there anything you wanted to kind of fit in? Because we've, we've, I think we've covered a whole heap of stuff here. We? Yeah, we certainly, we have covered a whole heap of stuff. So yeah, well, so just to clarify for people then, yeah, heart, heart math is, is a bit weird in that we, we do have technology, but we're not a technology company. We're not a gadget. We're not just, we're not just in the business of measuring yeah. something to do with your physiology. So we, for those people who might be a bit confused between, well, what's, what's the difference between heart math and something like our ring or something like, um, the heart rate variability data that's in my Apple watch or my Fitbit, or if people do even do things like, um, first beat 72 hour monitoring of, of HRV, they're using HRV as the measure and they're providing you with some data, but we're different in that we're actually an intervention. So we are about intentionally doing something to your HRV, whereas they're just telling you what's happening to your HRV generally over the course of a day or whatever, which is useful. I use those things myself and help you make lifestyle choices. What we're all about is recognizing that you can, in the moment, intentionally change your HRV. It's part of the unconscious part of you that you do have conscious control over. Mm-hmm. And that is an extreme, most people don't know that, and it's an extremely powerful part of you. And you do have choice about how you're reacting to stuff that's going on around you. And the more that you understand that, the more that you can choose how you would rather be instead. And you're in effect using coherence, if you like, as this engine of self-regulation. And and actually, if you use it regularly throughout the day, it's like an engine of resilience that's keeping you nice and balanced, that's helping your body go into homeostasis, that's keeping appropriate levels of, of hormones and making sure you're not getting too much cortisol and too little DHEA, that's meaning that you get to tap into the 
oxytocin because you're intentionally you know recognizing what you're grateful in your life or how much you love and care for other people or whatever and so you know it's it's it sometimes people struggle to understand what we are and they think we're just about the technology but we're not HeartMath existed for 10 years before the technology came along the nice thing about the system is that yeah there is some technology that can validate that for you um mm -hmm. yeah. yeah now before we just about finish i'm going to ask people whilst you've been listening to this uh podcast episode how many times have you actively paid attention to your breath when we've mentioned breath? Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, throughout the day, most people don't pay attention to it. But as soon as it's, as soon as I mention it to clients, I notice they start to breathe differently. Yeah. And, and quite often I will say to them, what, what, what happened then? Why, why are you now paying attention to your breathing? It's almost like, um, I've seen Jim quick do this when he'll say, right. Okay. I want you to pay attention. Okay. Are we ready? And people kind of shuffle and he goes, why do you need to shuffle your body posture to pay attention? Paying attention is a cognitive process, mm. but there is something about, we like to shift our state, shift our body posture because then we feel in air yeah. quote that we're now ready to pay attention. Yeah. And yet we're paying attention all of the time. It's mm. what the brain does. Mm. So there's this idea of as soon as you, specifically point something out to a person they will then pay attention to that yeah. particular thing and it's really interesting so I'm, I'm just wondering how many people will have done that actively consciously as yeah. we've been talking yeah just co conscious being more conscious of the breath is so powerful most people are breathing anywhere between 15 to even 25 breath cycles in a minute and it's way too fast mm -hmm. the research is showing that slow deep breathing for most of what we're doing throughout the day six breaths a minute is optimal and so once you become aware of that and you intentionally nudge yourself back towards the slower deep breathing more frequently, it begins to feel more comfortable and normal. And then that begins yeah. to be the way you breathe more frequently. Yes. And then if you can okay. also be conscious with the emotions, that's even better. Yes. I noticed yesterday my client was struggling with um, the, the uh, inner balance and I kept looking thinking, why, why, why are they struggling? And then I went, oh my God, it's on my settings for a minute. I was like, <laughs> yeah. They were going blue while they were breathing yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this was, this was a person who'd come from a trauma background. Yeah. They're going to find and, it really uncomfortable. Oh, yes, hugely so. And it took me about two or three minutes and I was watching them thinking, they're breathing very slow. And I'm saying, how does that feel for you at the minute? And I could see them like literally turning blue. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's my setting. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, fabulous. I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Me thoroughly. too. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. I hope people found it interesting and, and, and useful. Um, yeah. I will, I will put your details into the show notes and, and you know, where people can come and find you should they want to buy the technology. Thank you. Because um, there's obviously various forms that people can use um, and it depends on their own preferences. Um, and then, you know, anything that you might think post podcast that you want to put in there, uh, I'll put the links in there. Um, thank you so much for this conversation. Well, well, I'll tell you, what, we'll, make, we'll make an offer. If anyone wants to buy the technology, they can have a 15% discount. Um, if they use the code, uh, should we use the code Kath? What, or do you pick a code? What would you prefer? Um, well, you can use that code. Yeah, that makes yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, Kath, if they go to heartmath.co.uk and they use the code Kath at checkout, it uh, doesn't matter if it's uppercase or lowercase, but C A T H, yeah? Yes, that's the yeah. one. Okay, Kath, then um, they can have a 15% discount on anything in the in the web store. That is so amazing. I might, I might just put this out as a special episode just so oh, cool. that people can get on with this. So, instead of doing it the monthly one, I might just shove this out a little bit earlier. 
Wow, lovely. I'll, I'll, I'll announce that, obviously, on the intro to one of the other uh, podcasts. Cool. Right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Gavin. I've, I've you. thoroughly enjoyed this. And, and I hope people really benefit from just listening. There's that word again, just to get rid of that. I hope people benefit from listening and learning from the conversation that we've had. Me too. Thank you very much. You're welcome. This podcast was edited by Rory Kavanagh, an audio enthusiast and music producer.